Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. everybody it's me andy richter uh and you uh once again tuned in to uh the three que- the three questions i was it's like do you tune in i guess you tune in uh you click on yeah well anyway jenny slate's here um who's one of my uh favorite energies in the universe wow uh, yeah <laughs> no um well you are you you have an infectious kind of i have well, an infection least- <laughs> yeah well it's yeah I, yeah you're a good oozer yeah you know yeah an oozer a boozer and a loser and a loser why uh, did i interrupt getting a compliment when i really today's one of those days i really would i really need one i wish i hadn't interrupted oh i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> blow so much smoke up your ass you good hands good. in there yeah 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 <laughs> uh no you are you have and i mean i'm sure that you have um well, I just, I'm sure you have your down days, but you are, you are, an, you have an infectious energy when to be around you. You have a, uh, a wonderful sort of joie de vivre. Oh, that's so nice to hear. That's so nice to hear. And you know what? I do have my down days, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but like they're, yeah, it's sort of, um, they never stop the other thing that I guess that goes on with me, but. I have my down days, and they're big downs. Yeah, yeah. They go, yeah, they I mean, go far like, down. Yeah, like, uh, main thing I wanted to ask is, what are we going to do about the world, Jenny? <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do about the world? Thank goodness this is the this is the morning I woke up and I finally figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good timing on my part. Yeah, yeah, Incredible. totally. I know, I know. Yeah, handled it. I think it starts with throwing all the computers into the sea, but yeah. we, we have to do the podcast first, which takes computers. <laughs> this, yep, this is the culmination of, of civilization right here. Yeah, this is it. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's crazy times. How have, how has your, uh, how has your pandemic been? <laughs> My pandemic um, has been, I think, probably better than um, better than most. I, and I think it's like, you know, like I, I was able to get a, a, out of the city yeah. and I lived for most of this pandemic um, in my house in Massachusetts where I live with with my fiance. And we were just like far away from people. 
Yeah. Um, so we weren't as scared as we are in Los Angeles of, of getting COVID. And yeah, yeah. Um, nobody in my family got COVID, which is really nice because also my grandmothers are like very, very, very old. And yeah. um, I was like, oh, I think this is going to be what that is. And it really, really bummed me out. But so far, they're okay. Um, but I have not been a productive person. Yeah. If, you know, I, at all. I, I think that that is a common malady in this time. And somebody put it so lovely. They said, this is when you're um, taking in information. This isn't when you're you're making works. You know, it's kind of like, which is like, okay, I guess that sounds pretty good but i feel uh, yeah. awful lazy yeah i feel i mean i've been reading a lot and i've made some really cool discoveries in terms of um like i was like oh i i really care about my vocabulary and um i'm not sure that it's as good as i want it to be and um i've been reading a lot of novels in translation and that helps one's vocabulary a lot i think um and that's been really nice but yeah i've been on the intake side and I basically have like nothing to say. <laughs> um, like I try to write, I'm like trying to write a new book. And um, and I, I I think I said this before in another interview and I, I always get scared when I like repeat myself that people think I'm just like a shithead. Um, but Don't. it is important to say yeah. to me that like my journal is very boring. It's uh-huh. like very tedious. It's just like, I miss restaurants. I miss my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, poor you. Yeah. I'm not like, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. But um, uh, yeah, you're I'm, trapped. You're trapped with the fiance. So the love is still fresh. Yeah. You know, you know so what? that's nice. That's really nice. Like, I love my fiance's name is Ben. I love spending time with him. He's an artist, right? Yeah, he's an artist and a writer, um, uh-huh. and he writes uh, beautiful short stories. And um, and I am genuinely impressed by him. Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> that's helpful. Yeah, I re- it's like so. I um, and I mean, my biggest fear is, of course, that like people just don't want to be around me as much as I want to be around them. Um, but it seems like he has also enjoyed being around me for this entire time. Yeah, yeah. This is. Definitely tests the whole can you be in each other's space? Yes. Like that, just that very basic thing. Because also, you can be with someone for years and years and years and not really have to do this in a serial way like this. Like you go on vacation and all right, we got to had to spend a week together, but yeah. that was nice. But now it's like, well, there's no getting away from, you know. From this. And, you know, you can, like, be in some, like, live with someone and function in a space with them without being, like, really with them, you know? Like, you're both kind of doing your own thing. Right, right. um, I really, I mean, I don't know. It's, like, really hard to not use rude words about myself, but um, I really cling I like I I I especially after getting divorced I was like okay well like there's no point in being with someone if I can't like lie directly on top of them all the time I don't really understand <laughs> <laughs> like I I own a home I like my house I like all my stuff I can be by myself I I not to I'm not becoming like a weird um grump but I just was like looking back on my life being like I made so many weird compromises just to be involved with other people that at this point, I really don't care to do it. 
unless I can really like totally do it. I just want to do it all the way. And, um, and so it, it sounds like, uh, what is, what do they call it when you like Munch? No, what is it? Munchausen? When yeah. You, by like, proxy. Well, that's when you, like when, that's when you <laughs> fake someone else's trauma to get attention. Like my oh, child is sick. Right. You know? And Munchausen. Okay. So it's not that, that's not what I mean. I mean, yeah, like I don't That's wanna... the by proxy. So maybe there is a Munchausen's of, you I know. think, right. Munchausen is like, is you maybe think that you just fake that you're sick or something by proxy is like the sixth yeah, sense yeah. when the mother like puts, you know, d- detergent in her daughter's soup or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, not to spoil that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like we're out of the, out of the zone where people are kind of waiting to hear what happened at the end of that videotape that he, that Haley Joel Osment found 20 years ago. In a movie. Um, but, but like when the pandemic hit, one of the more shameful thoughts that I think I had about Ben was like, now we're alone. <laughs> like now we're alone and it's just me and you. And like, we have to just be totally alone together. And um, it was really nice. <laughs> oh, because I'm afraid you're saying it like the way a spider would say to a fly. Yeah, like we're we're alone. No, we're like alone. <laughs> yeah, now we're alone. Now yeah. I can consume you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I don't think, and he also weirdly was actually very productive. So I don't think I was like an impediment. Um, but yeah, uh, our functional uh, d- like hiding away together was a big, a big plus. A yeah. big big plus. Yeah, it's yeah, it's probably like a. Um, well, I mean, it all depends on the health of a relationship, but I imagine it could be in you guys' situation, a very galvanizing kind of, you know, this might end up being, you know, because you got the opportunity to do this, it might really set you off on the right path. And, you know, and you kind of did all those little micro adjustments that you need to do to live with somebody for a long time. You got them out of the way pretty quick. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're we got engaged after about ten months, uh-huh. um, so that's really quick. I, I think um, a little. Yeah, I would say it's yeah. quick. But although, although when when you've been married before, I think that's kind of like like all the rules change. I think so you know too. I mean? Yeah, and I also will say like um, you know I've when I when he and I started dating, like not in a weird obsessy way or like oh no i'm just i'm like losing control of uh, you know i'm 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 caught up in passion or something like 2 weeks into our relationship i remember being saying to my friends like if this man asked me to marry him today i really would i would i would get married to him um <laughs> so i don't know it is a it's sort of cheesy thing to say but yeah he's always just like kind of really been in there for me like, that's great yeah congratulations <laughs> thank and, you and uh you know you better not fuck it up i hope not you know i think that's, that i think yeah. that all the time i'm like constantly afraid that i'm gonna um become odious yes and annoying everything uh it's i'm so tired of yin and yang of the balance of like afraid <laughs> you're being too much but then like realizing like no i gotta chill out like i gotta relax you know like i gotta work real hard at relaxing and just being myself, but yeah. not try, you yeah. know, like it's all such a balancing act to just 
not be a pain in the ass. Yeah, I just see that's, yourself. That's probably what Buddhism is mostly about, not being a pain in the ass. Sure, and not giving yourself pains in the ass. Or when you have them, be like, the pain is here in my ass right now. But one day <laughs> it will pass. Everything changes. Nothing is permanent. Even Amen. this pain in my ass changes. <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father. This <laughs> it's pain the, in my ass. The clinging that causes the suffering. <laughs> it's the wanting it to change. Now, when you say the when you say cling, do you, do you mean just physically or do you mean <laughs> like, like, do you mean also like emotionally consuming kind of clinging? Um, I think like for me, I just, I just got into this thing in my adulthood where, yeah, it's an emotional clinging where I'm like, I just want to know everything that's going on with you. Just like, tell me every, everything, tell me everything. Cause I'm going to tell you everything. And, um, and it's only recently that I've been like, Oh, it's okay. If someone doesn't yeah, have the ability even to tell you everything. Yeah. Or just doesn't want to. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't have to, it doesn't mean there's something bad. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I've always believed kind of until now that if a man doesn't have something to tell you or reveal to you, that it means it must mean something bad. But that's really yeah. not the case. <laughs> now, if you if when you were in the past, when you were requesting all this information, if you got something you didn't want to hear, didn't like hearing, how was the reaction? Were you like, OK, with like, OK, I guess that's one way you are and. I'm not crazy about it, but I'll let it go. Or was it like, what? I mean, I don't know. Looking back on like anything that's not in the last two years, I'm like, oh, I had no idea what, what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, 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 right, oh. Right. I was like really drunk and on drugs, basically. Like I was like really, really stoned and I drank a lot. And I was like um, so frightened that my identity right. was going to collapse and be taken away and so afraid it of was, abandonment that I just like didn't act right ever. That's my, those, yeah. they were your Ziggy Stardust years. Yeah, your Ziggy I guess Stardust so. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All blur. Yeah, no. Um, well, get used to that because I think every, <laughs> about every five years you're like, God damn, I was an asshole until right now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, now, I mean, I'm kind of like, I just feel like I am more... Well, it takes also the right person to be with, you yes. know, like, just like, like my very best friend, her name is Quinn. And the way my therapist described her to me was that she was like, you can trust Quinn all the way down to the bottom of her psyche. You just like trust that she knows herself and even things that like you, you guys are trying to work out together. Um, you're just, you're just comfortable with it. And I, and I feel that way about um, my partner, Ben as well. And like, I just don't think I've ever felt that way before about anyone. Um, and it allows me to be like, just more careful with people. I think I'm yeah. just way more careful. Like, and I'm really, um, I've like lost the knack for combat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, I have no like elasticity there at all. And um, one thing I noticed that I like is that like, even if he and I have a disagreement, what I'm realizing now that's different about me that wasn't there two years ago is that when he's like, this happened and the way I perceive it is that you did this, is that like, I'm able to be like, oh, uh-oh, I think I probably did do that. And oh yeah. no, he probably feels like 
really, you know, like I wasn't considerate. Like I'm, I am able to cross the line into his world. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That makes you a fully functioning right? adult. I'm not just Congratulations. like, That's bullshit. You're rude. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> now, you are a middle child. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, well, now I do. Siblings on either side. Yeah. Um, do, were, do you kind of have that classic sort of placating, you know, mediator, middle kid? You know, kind of looking for attention, but, you know. Definitely looking for attention. But yeah. my older my older and younger sisters are both really... Um, mild they're like mild and i'm wild that's what I it's see. always been so it's more like they're coming in from the side to be right. like the bread that sops up like a really weird drippy spicy meat <laughs> yeah yeah you're the chorizo <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but i i do think um i do think i like there to be peace i'm yeah. not like afraid of conflict but um yeah i guess i I'm really good at sharing because of being in the middle. That's good. Yeah. That's like a very, I feel like <clears throat> uh, sharing, just sharing, just like the basic concept of sharing that we learn as children mm-hmm. is super forgotten. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's just, there's so many basic things that are just like, well, what about sharing? You know, homelessness yeah. or, you know, medical care and billionaires with giant boats what about sharing you know not that you share the boat but you know share a little bit of what got you the boat but you can if you have a boat i'm sure you have other things like yes one of the whole things that i felt during this election is like well okay i guess like mike bloomberg gave gave whatever a hundred million dollars to the effort to get voters out for biden in florida but it's like I don't know. Where are the other guys? They all have so much money. Yeah. What the hell? Like, what do you need it for? Like, why? I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, how much money does Jeff Bezos need to keep? Like, how many descendants is he is he trying I to make know. sure? Like, the Earth will be dead by the time those people all spend his his fortune. It has to be like, like I don't know. There's just like a switch that flips in your head or something where it just doesn't because you can't conceive of you know like if i had i mean you know like if you have 10 million dollars and someone comes and takes 5 million away you could still have a really nice life (laughs) that's right that's 5 million dollars and you add like 15 zeros onto that yeah and that's and that's these guys but it and they and they fight for every little thing, like the way they fight against unions and all. It's like it's not they're not going to ever go bankrupt. But I, just I don't know. Don't maybe that's it. just not even part of it. I, I it just I think when you are kind of presented with a truly limitless horizon, especially like with money and. Well, with with the you get that amount of money and you, you can literally do anything. Yeah. And I think that that just becomes like just such a seductive thing that the ability to do anything must really matter. And you so you feel like you have to protect that all the time. I don't know. I'm just guessing because it seems like too just like I don't know. I just don't like I don't like meetings. 
No, you know, so like I don't, I don't have meetings. It's too much. <laughs> like, imagine how much, how much your day would be taken up with like. Oh, just all that. Like, how oh, are we going to so, get all these bananas to yeah. the university that ordered all the bananas or whatever? It's like so boring. And I, I what I am so concerned with or, or what I'm fascinated by is I'm like, don't you just want to rest? Like, I yeah. I want to do my work. I'd be really sad if like I couldn't do stand up or write books or make movies or whatever. I don't. But that to me is like. That's like living, breathing. That's like life stuff. Yeah, you know, it's it's what what keeps my my light on inside. Um, but like, I also really want to rest, and like, yeah. I'm very glad that the kind of like yearning part of my career that I really used to have, I yeah. yearn, I yearn for this, I I yearn for this like validation or attention or like, you know, to be as good as someone else, whatever. That 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 has died down. And like, when I look at someone like, like Bezos is kind of one thing, but then it's like, Mitch McConnell, you are old. Like, yeah. do you need to be so stressed? Just like, go to bed, like yeah. rest, yeah. you know, like, I understand you really have this like dark agenda that you need to just like, <laughs> fucking do infinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, don't you want to rest? Don't yeah. you just want to take a vacation with somebody Even- who thinks you're nice? Even pure evil needs to rest. Yeah, don't you yeah. just want to like get a take a rest and not like a gross Epstein vacation or whatever. Right? Like, don't you just want to use your money to like buy a house somewhere and on like Tybee Island off of Savannah and just like <laughs> <laughs> I know he does. I know he's not from Georgia, but I'm just like trying right, to think right. of a southern paradise. It's close enough. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no islands in Kentucky. No, unfortunately, no. No, I um yeah, I'm 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 with you. I th- the whole point of doing well is so that you have to do less, right? I think so. I mean, we're all going to Isn't like, it? I'm not a I literally never think about like death, dying, but I do understand this is my one life. Yeah. And like I would like to get to a point where um I'm just like chilling out really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like that. That's like what I'm hoping for. Is yeah, that, yeah. You know, like when I'm old, I can just like be with Ben and we can have really nice gardens and stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> my my whole future is just like yeah, a nice place to cook. Yeah. You know, people to eat the food. Um, that's right. Now you had to. I'm going to skip, I'm I'm skipping around here, but this just occurs to me because you mentioned like the yearning phase. Mm-hmm. I saw you at a couple of things when you were kind of going through the Oscar grind. Oh, yeah. For, and I forget the name of the movie. For Obvious uh, Child. For, for Obvious Child. Yeah. And I sat like at dinners that you were at and it yeah. just seemed like you were being carted around from event to event to be kind of put on display and- yeah. What's that like? Well, the first thing to be real about is that that's one's own decision. Yeah. And that it's like, it's not like um, I'm like Shirley Temple and I belong to like <laughs> Louis B. Mayer. And he's like, yeah. you put on this like, yeah. pinafore and you show up here, you know? Yeah. Um, Take your speed, fatty. Right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, uh, I said yes i'll do this yeah um and 
it's very hard, I think, to understand what ride you're getting on. <laughs> yeah. Did they, did they give you an idea? Did they say like, you're going to be busy the next few months? Maybe that, but like the fact is you, like, if you're one of these people, like, you know, you get a, a dinner thrown for you by a magazine yeah. and you, um, you go to these parties that are like, this is sponsored by the blah, blah, blah. Like, I kind of remember being like, well, I'm not eating shit because I don't even really care what this is. Like, I don't even know. It's just my publicist. She's just telling me to go to these things and I'm just going to go and like, you know, um, drink champagne, which I wouldn't ever have in my own home. And I'm going to like sneak out and smoke cigarettes with like the kid from boyhood or whatever. And like, (laughs) you know, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm outside of this or whatever, which is, um, which was a way for me to feel like I hadn't like totally, um, messed myself up in a way. But the fact was that underneath it all is like this drive to, a drive that's different than like, I want to get into college. I, uh, you know, like I, I want to, uh, elevate myself. It's just like status elevation. And it, um, it's not that it's bad, you know? And it's not that like, if I were in a film that got critical acclaim that way, again, that I, I wouldn't maybe do some of that stuff. Um, but that I was completely blind to the way that it sapped me and made me feel embarrassed, um, like really hurt my life. Mm. Um, and I, yeah. And I like, I'm always embarrassed when something is happening and we all know it and no one's calling it out. Yeah. I think that is like pretty, um, dirty. Yeah. And, um, I think if I, were ever to kind of be on one of those runs again, I would have to call it out and I would have to try to like figure out how to do it. I just don't know if there's a way. It just, yeah. especially now the way that the world has changed. Is there really a way to like <laughs> campaign for a golden globe? I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> They'll figure it out. Oh, sure. They will figure it out. And I mean, and that's what the other thing too, is that it's this, it truly is in many ways, an attendant industry. It's like an accessory industry next to show business. Yeah. And that, you know, there's so much of, you know, like I always think sometimes whenever, and I don't do, I don't do a hell of a lot anymore. I mean, I've been over on Conan Island for a million years and Mm -hmm. nobody gives a shit about me anymore, which is like, thank God. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, you go to do things and there's the red carpet and you'd have to talk to 12 different outlets and they would often just have non sequitur stuff that I was supposed to give funny answers to. Yeah. And I realized like, I'm just creating content for this big insatiable creature that's called publicity. And you can't ever like really know where the fuck this shit goes. Like, Who's going to ever see my answer, my funny answer to, you know, what, uh, you know, they should have done on three men and a baby or whatever, you know, (laughs) just, I I mean, I care, but (laughs) that is the thing. I mean, I think you get the, like, I have definitely many times over gotten the sense. It's like, this is just a flurry of garbage. Like, yeah, this is landing nowhere. 
well, you know, you, you, you fooled me or like convinced me the first time that I have to sit in this hotel room and do literally like 17 phone interviews, yeah. you know, to pump this um, stuff out so that people can see your film. But like, the fact is that just a lot of it goes nowhere. And, um, but then the other side of it for me is I really like being interviewed and I really like talking. And mm-hmm. when I like the film that I'm in, I like talking about it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's a real like intellectual turn on for me. So sometimes I'm just like, well, whatever, if they're taking, like I'm taking two and it's, I, I like it. Um, but I think where you run into a problem is when you're like, you don't like the work you've done or you don't like the people you've worked with. And they're like, what was it like to work with so-and-so? And And in your head, you're like, that actor called me Jamie the whole time. He had no (laughs) idea who I was. I didn't like it. You know, and you have to just be like, what a Uh, cast. That's got to be Will Ferrell. That's got to be Will Ferrell. (laughs) The nicest man in the world. I know. I know. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be a dick about it because I certainly am one to, to, really, really loudly proclaim how lucky we are to get to do this for yeah. a living and how, like, compared to real work, this is a dream. Yes. But eventually your life becomes your life, reg- you know, regardless of whether you're on, you know, Cotton Candy Mountain or whether you're in a coal mine, you know? Yeah. Um, but so, but it, there is, a, like, a certain point of it that just, that you as an individual... It, there's just part of it that just is it may it's just no fun and then and the fun part is the making of the thing and and yeah, yeah I know there's a price for to have to be paid for the fun part the yin and yang again like if you're yeah. gonna have fun there's a price to be paid and the price is like okay it's lots of little things it's waiting 10 hours on a movie set in your trailer and then being told we're actually not going to use you today yeah like that that's like okay. That's that sucks, but uh, I'm getting. But it paid. like doesn't suck that much. It does, no. you know. Like it doesn't suck as much as like, like, I don't know. Like how mean my boss was to me when I worked in this like one bakery. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and like, yeah. and that like I just like the trash bags always broke, and I got like trash juice all over my feet because I wore flip-flops as shoes. And I was disgusting. Um, yes, you know. Well, flip-flops as shoes. It's like a really big problem that I have. Uh, with, I, I mean, I don't have that problem anymore. I wear shoes, but I don't like right. when people wear flip flops as shoes and whatever. But, um, but you know what it is? It's like just feel, I think, I think um, we give up or we we become not creative, and it's just like, you know, it's that terrible thing sometimes that people say to um, celebrities, like that they're like, well, if you didn't want this, like, well, mm-hmm. you 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 became famous, so like, you know, we can take a picture of y- you like up your skirt or whatever, right, um, you know, right. like the, as if that bargain was ever made or real. And, um, and actually like, I, I think there are totally unique and creative and real ways to be like, no, this is how I do it. And I like the perks and I like this and that, but I found out like, I don't like going on this talk show and I don't yeah. like, um, I don't like spending my days like this and I'm just like, not going to do it. But yeah, when I first and and that's okay. And there are like tons of people like, um, I don't know, a good example seems to me like Francis McDormand, 
Who's like, mm-hmm. she's like found her people to work with. She always does good work. She doesn't give a shit about what you think, but she shows up to the Oscars and, you know, mm-hmm. she's like doing it all, but she has clearly figured out how to not make a compromise so that like her face isn't filled with poison. Yeah. And she's not like eating shit for patriarchy. And and we're all kind of afraid of her and in awe of her and we should be. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. like what I hope to do in in my own way. Um, because it is like, there are lots of fun things about being in the public eye, Mm -hmm. but, um, you can't just like let it run on autopilot and, and to, you know, go back to your question. I think that I let everything run on autopilot, um, when I first kind of like got put out into the, into the, the race or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're from Massachusetts. Yes. Correct? Correct. What uh Milton? Is I'm that I'm from it? Milton, Mass. And what is Milton like? Um it's just filled with wild boar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's just every night we just lock up the houses and we say, Oh goodness, I hope they don't ram our houses with their little tusks. Um it's a it's a little town six miles south of Boston that uh-huh. um is like just pretty normal. Um, normal, kind of yeah. suburban. Yeah. It's kind of suburban, but it doesn't really have the like cul-de-sac vibe that right. um, suburban America really, like it's not like McMansions. Um, it's a lot of old houses. Yeah, and then, I would think it would be an old suburb. Yeah, it's an old yeah. suburb. And then like a patchwork of sort of like, um, you know, ranch houses and mm-hmm. like, um, like really like, Middle class homes built in the eighties. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have like a mall in it or anything like that. It has old churches and some old cemeteries and um yeah, it's just like an old little town with a local yeah. supermarket. But it like I don't know, it was it it's always like been missing its heart because um they put a highway through the center of East Milton Square where like all the shops are. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I would imagine like it really could have been, you know, kind of like a town from a model train. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, and it just got kind of like, you know, in they, um, Roger Rabbit where like Christopher Lloyd is like, oh, freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm from Toontown and <laughs> they're on it. Um, but I, oh, yeah. Toontown, Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm from Toontown, Mass. But um, now I don't, I, I don't live there because, that I haven't lived there for a long time. That's where my parents live or live. And, and they're they still there. They're still there now. They fight. They, they sold our family home um, last year. So oh, they now, did. Yeah. We don't, nobody lives there anymore. Is it, was that hard? Yeah. It was really yeah. sad, but it's also like, I don't know, like we're adults. I don't know. Like I, I, I think, yes, of course it's sad, but right. um, in, kind of like put that in perspective it's like well we got to live there for a long time like my right, sisters right, and right. i don't live there my parents want to move right they should and your parents are human beings who deserve their own life and not to be just custodian of your memories yeah that's um, right yeah but i think so. like it is sad it's a very very old house our, the house we grew up in was like over 100 years old and the people who bought it are apparently knocking it down to make a 120 unit um, like condo thing. Oh. And that's just gross. Yeah, yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. I think it's really weird to, I think like, I mean, 
you know, not to be a bitch, but I think they're going to get cursed. <laughs> it's like, okay, you want to knock down like a really old haunted house? Yeah, yeah. You know, good luck. Uh, but You'll like get the slate curse. Yeah, we're going to get you. Plus all the other ghosts that lived in there, they're going to get you too. And I really, I like get so kind of freaked out thinking that I'm like, I hope they take all the doorknobs off and stuff. I hope they like save yeah, the, old the old windows fixtures. and like make it kind of be naked and then do it. But, but like the house, you can see it in my Netflix special. It has these like beautiful staircases. Yeah. And like you're going to knock you're going to like knock down the stairs. That's crazy. Yeah, What's that going to yeah. be like on that day? There there's going to be like a wrecking ball going through like the closets and stuff. Mhm. And like all the pipes like are like what the hell, you know? Well, they'll take lot they usually strip old houses like of copper. Yeah, they'll strip all the copper and they'll and even now there's some they'll take wood if there's like hardwood mm-hmm. like pretty hardwood stairs that your hardwood stairs joke. might live somewhere else you right. know like they might end up in somebody else's you know McMansion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we have like a, in where Ben and I live, um, we have a, yeah we have lots of like salvage stuff from other people's places and yeah. We're very sweet to it. No, I think it's great. I think it's great to do that. I love that when they, you know, use old wood and do it. Like there's a show called uh, Barnwood Builders. Have you ever watched that? No, I haven't, but I'm going to have to watch it now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the one it's. Yeah, I think that's I'm because that they're in uh, like West Virginia and they just uh, preserve old uh log cabins and then rebuild them and repurpose the logs they take them apart and number them all and then re re put them together and make a new house out of them so yeah that's uh, and it's i don't know i i that's like one of my uh you know video librium things that i just put on because they often are on (laughs) marathons and it's just Uh, like two two hours of zoning out to just numbering logs yeah yeah (laughs) get a number on that log Take it to someone who will appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hi, I'm John Lovett, host of Love It or Leave It. Every week, I'm joined live on stage by incredible guests to break down the biggest and dumbest stories in politics and pop culture. And now, because there's too much news for just one show, join me and my friends, also known as beloved producers who have to be there, every Tuesday for a rundown of the latest headlines to help get you through another flawless week in our perfect society. Listen to episodes of Love It or Leave It wherever you get your podcasts, or catch the funniest moments on the Love It or Leave It YouTube channel. Can't you tell my love's a growing? You said that you were the wild child among two mild childs. Um, were you treated? I mean, did you feel that way growing up? Did you feel like there's this house of normal people and then there's me? Um, I mean, I was always getting in trouble. And, uh, but I did think, uh, I actually think my older sister was more of an outsider, weirdly, because she was good at sports. Oh. And like, and... And, and no one else was. Right. Like my parents yeah. were both, my mom's a potter and my dad is a poet. Mm-hmm. And my older sister is like really good at sports. Well, both of my sisters are good at sports, but um, Abby, my older sister was like, that was like her thing. Um, but you know, I definitely always had a feeling like my energy is too much, too much and not pleasing. Um, not That's delightful. the message you were given or that's, you think? I don't know. I mean- it's so hard to talk about it because like, then you end up like insulting your parents, you know, basically yeah. like, or accusing them of, of something. But, and I, I think a lot about this now, but like how much of a parent's stress is good for a kid to see? Yeah. Maybe they can see the stress, but if they're told that they are the cause of it, um, you know, like that's, I think that's kind of damaging. And yeah. when I, um, I don't think it's anyone's fault or like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure like that. My mom, for example, would know that that's how I received that message. Right. Um, but you know, yeah, I think I, I always felt like I have to find a way to show, uh, my parents and the world that, what I truly can't control about myself and I can't change this huge energy is mm-hmm. like, not only is it not bad, but it's useful and it's not mean. Like yeah. I just always felt like I was stressing my mom out so much. And um, that would mean then I guess that I was bad or selfish, you know, or like mm-hmm. a, um, siphoning off. And, and so, yeah, but but none of my sisters or I ever got in like trouble like drinking or you know, like boys or anything. Being bad with boys. <laughs> we were never bad. We were never like bad. We were really, really obedient good with girls. Boys. Yeah, really good with yeah. boys. <laughs> or just didn't know any and they didn't like me. <laughs> well, Way to go, Milton. Yeah, thanks Males a lot. Of Milton. <laughs> um So, well, uh you were you were a valedictorian, right? You were a very good student. 
Yeah, I was, but it was, um, I mean, everybody at Milton was at my, at my school, which was a private school. Everybody was good at school. Um, but the valedictorian was a voted position. Oh, so it wasn't GPA. No, it wasn't. And then that's not really valedictorian. No, it's not. And you know what? It's uh, like, it's only now that I'm like, I don't give a shit if you think like I'm smart or not. I know I am. <laughs> but like before, <laughs> like when I was like 21 or whatever, and you just think nobody takes you seriously. It's like very important that you were the valedictorian and you don't reveal that it was voted. Right. <laughs> that's your, your little secret that keeps you up at night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Or you're just like, whatever, I earned it. Um, <laughs> like there's a little bit of being ruthless. But now, yeah, now it's like funny to me that I got that because um, in my memory, I feel like I guilted everyone into giving it to me. But that can't you be mean true. You mean, did you campaign for it? Yeah, you had to like Speak. give a speech and say like, oh, this okay. is why I should be the valedictorian. And you think in that speech you you harangued yes. people? This is you... what I think happened. This is what I think happened. But okay. I mean, I'm not really like in touch with anyone from high school for them to <laughs> confirm it. And sometimes I wonder, like I talk about high school quite a bit and I'm like, I wonder what everyone thinks. Um, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Man, um, Open your DMs and they'll let you know. Yeah, I cannot. Never. I never look at my DMs. But anyway, um, uh, I had been the class president for four, Mm -hmm. for for three years. Then going into senior year, you could run to be the school president called the head monitor, or you could also be, then we also had a class president. So Mm -hmm. I ran for the head monitor, which like I felt that I earned because I had been on the student government for, you know, this whole time. Years of service. Years of service, you know, um, and and then this just like kind of more honestly cooler, <laughs> like cooler person who was more interesting, who had never uh, expressed an interest in student government, won the thing. And like, I remember she juggled. She was like, whoa, you know, and she, she juggled. And like, I was like a dork who like took it really seriously. And my speech was like, and we can have different soda machines you know like it was just like not cool and yeah, she yeah. won and then so then i ran for the class president which i got but like it was kind of like everyone was like oh that was jenny got she got stung you know when the yeah. other girl won and so then when i gave my valedictorian speech like i mean i haven't or, or my when i gave the speech to try to get the thing to be the valedictorian. My memory of it is that I'm like, I need this and you know it. <laughs> but I, there's no way I said that. But that I'm like, this would mean everything to me. Like, and it's just like like a dork by herself being like, I know yeah. you all have fun stuff to do. Like, I have nothing. And you know, like this thing got ripped away from me. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I I had a, they had a, I don't know if I talk, I just talked about this recently, but I don't know if it was on here. But they, when I was, I think it was my senior year, they had a, a mayor for the day, which Ooh. you got out of school, and and I think other people ran for different, you know, I don't know whatever whatever it is, like you know, sheriff, I guess is one of the other ones. But sure. you got out of school and sort of got to you know go hang out with the mayor and the city council, which was I think three people. <laughs> and uh and I was running against 
And I was like kind of a good boy and kind of like one of the jocks, but got along with everybody. And I ran uh, against a guy that was kind of like, because in our school, it was jocks and burnouts. Uh Like basically like 40 people and kids that smoked dope, Mm -hmm. you know, and had muscle cars and things like that. And I was running against a really like a guy that was kind of more on the burnout side, but really like a fun guy. Everybody loved this guy. And, uh, (laughs) And somebody told me on the day of the election that they had seen his friend's ballot box stuffing like you know like checking his name like on tan and shoving him in yeah and so and i was like i was like oh because he won Uh uh-huh i was like oh they were cheating i really wanted to get out of school for the day so i went to the principal and and ratted him out (gasps) said people i heard from friends of mine i didn't see it but that they were there was uh cheating on the ballot boxes and the (laughs) president or the principal went like if there was cheating you won he said, because he only won by a couple of votes. And then they counted it up and there were like 80 more votes than there were kids in the school. Oh, my like gosh. When, they when did. They, they did cheat. They did. They did. So then they had another one like the day after and the guy murdered me. The guy, oh, like, no. All the, all the other kids were like, were like, no one gave a shit until it was like, look, there was some cheating. And then all his friends were like, fuck that. He won already. Oh my god! I got to feel like a narc and a loser. Oh, a narc! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my god! And and just for one day, just for one day to go like get your picture in the Kendall County Record, and to go like hang out with adults. I would imagine like it's not like you're like you get to go out to lunch with like your favorite. Yeah, no, you go to City Hall and probably (laughs) sit around drinking instant coffee. That's. So funny, because also yeah. you probably could have just cut school. <laughs> Not me. I <laughs> no, never, I never would have. Cut I would have been either. a nervous fucking wreck. I would have been just like petrified. To I don't school. get how I. I never understood how. Uh, like in my school, like when kids would sneak off to smoke cigarettes, I'd be like, "Yeah, oh, I can't believe." And and then of course, like once I got to college, I cut more class than like anyone has ever cut. Yeah, ever, yeah. ever, ever. But yeah. it was different. It, nobody cared. You went to Columbia, right? Mm-hmm. And why, why Columbia? Just were you there for a particular, like, did you have something in mind that you were going to do a career track? I always wanted to be an actor. Yeah. I, yeah. I always wanted to be, I like, I also knew nothing about like the entertainment industry and was like, I didn't know, like, you're either this or you're that or whatever. Um, I was like, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. And then I want to be like, you know, a movie actor. Um, and I just, but I also, um, I was like, I liked like a rigorous academic thing and I was really competitive academically. And like, I wanted to go to Columbia because I wanted to go to an Ivy league school and I wanted to be in New York because I thought New York was the best place in the world. Um, And, you know, Milton's like a small place. And I was like, I just want to go to New York and, you know, like meet Barbara Streisand or whatever. Um, Right. Right. I just, I had no idea what was going on, but um, pizza all day. Yeah. Just that, that New York, pepperoni and uh <laughs> so i just like i i just fell in love with columbia it has a beautiful campus and it felt important and i felt like yeah like this is how i just open a door for myself is get an education and my my grandmother paid for me to go there oh wow mm-hmm. good and job grandma yeah yeah she uh she and my grandfather like because i think in my school there were a lot of kids uh, trying to go to Ivy League schools and 
um, my grandparents were like so encouraging. They were, they, yeah, they were really encouraging that. I, and my parents were like, you can be an actor, but you got to get an education. So yeah, I went to Columbia and I was an English and comparative lit major and I loved it. And the reason why I skipped class was because like the classes other than the core curriculum were like, you read the book, you go and the professor talks about the book. And sometimes the professor was like, in my opinion, like a gross old dude. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really want to hear you talk about Don DeLillo or whatever. Like I can figure it out yeah. myself. And then yeah, you, yeah. like, I would just like get really stoned and write essays about yeah. the, you know, like write the paper. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> were, you penali- were you penalized for your absences? Like, did they care at Columbia if you went to? No, they didn't care. Up- yeah. yeah. I, I didn't great- like, yeah. I never... The only class I like did poorly in, which I feel, oh no, I talked about it on uh, Seth Meyers' show, was that I took, um, I took astronomy because I signed up for it so stoned and thought it was astrology, which obviously would never be offered at Columbia. And then it was like all math. And I, I'm not, I don't care for math. I don't really, whatever. And yeah, I I fucked up there big time. Oh boy, yeah. (laughs) Big big time. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, but like when your classes are reading books and writing about them and then taking an exam to check that you read the book. Like I always read the books. Yeah. I like them. I yeah, I was the same way. I um oh, oh no, I mean I should say I was the opposite way in that I would go to class and wouldn't read the book. <laughs> That's pointless. <laughs> uh, no, it actually well be not it well, I mean if it was in English class I would read the book or mm-hmm, at least mm-hmm you know, air quotes, read the book. Sure. You know, sort of like every five pages, kind of get a grasp grasp of what's going on, the style of the writing. And then, you know, Um, but I found for me, A, sitting and reading a book with with my attention deficit is Mm. difficult. Oh, sure. It's to this day, it's hard for me to read a book. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I found it easier to go to class Listen to the lecture like that. I can do. I can go to a class and listen to a lecture. There's human interaction. I I'm getting the person who's going to give me the test. I'm getting their cold version of information yeah. from whatever the reading was. So I felt like, well, I kind of, you know, I have a better idea what's on the test than somebody that just read all the information. True. And you know, I, I got bees. Yeah. And I, you know, I did a lot of acid. Uh, so, you know, it was, it all worked out. Um, I really didn't do, I didn't do any acid in college and I regret that now, sort of, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just reading the Michael Pollan book called how to change your mind. Yeah. Um, about psychedelics. And like recently someone asked me like, what do you want for a present for this? And I was like, I just want someone to put me in one of those, those psychedelic trials. Like I want a scientist to give me acid. Yes. I truly feel like I would benefit so much because the way that I have taken acid in my adult life is like, you know, drinking it from a jug of someone's like homemade (laughs) wine. Like the last time I took acid, (laughs) I was like, and I haven't done it very many. I've I've eaten a lot of mushrooms, but only acid like two times. So when I say the last time, I only, I mean, just the second time, but I was at like a party and I was single. And I remember being like, I don't know if you've ever felt this feeling, but I remember being like, there are no options for me. Like nobody is interested (laughs) in me. It was like, it's sort of like just before I uh, started 
dating Ben, um, it was like the like the the summer of 2018, and um, I was like, oh, there's like nothing here, man. Like like like, have I lost it? Like nobody nobody's looking my way, or nobody's single, and like yeah. this is really really, uh oh, this is not fun. Like I thought it was going to be fun and it's not fun. And um, someone was like, Hey, like Derek has a jug of like homemade wine. That's like, you know, they put acid in, like, do you want some of that? And I was like, yeah, why not? Whatever. Yeah, sure. It sounds like, (laughs) sounds like reliable dosage. Sure. So I like truly like glug from this Mason jar (laughs) and look around and I'm like, well, I love my friends that I came with, but like, also they're all seven years younger than me. And like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And now I just ingested this acid. And I was like, Ooh, I better leave, I guess, and be alone, which is also an interesting move. And so I like Ubered back to my house. And by the time I was almost home, like the acid had just started to work a little bit. And what I remember was like, Oh, everything's so clear. It's fine. Like nothing matters at all because you're like part of something else, you know? And it wasn't like a very great thing. It was just, I probably didn't like drink enough, but it was just like little touches here and there and all the colors looked really good. And I just felt like someone had sort of, like if they had strained me through a sieve, all of the schmutz of myself and who I am just got put off to the side. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. Who cares? <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, it wasn't like a scary trip, but I would really like to do one of those like clinically run mushroom trials. Yeah, the people I everyone's always like microdosing, microdosing and mm-hmm. I and I'm sure I'm one of like a zillion people that are like that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Like, like you know, for all the things you're describing like, you know, lethargy and uh, general ennui and a feeling of malaise. And I'm like, yep, check, check, check. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a little acid. Sure, why not? I mean, the the thing that holds me back in life is, um, you know, like I just, it is uh, our control issues. Control yeah. issues. And like um, the reason why in the, in the last, I don't know, like year and a half, I started to get, I mean, it's, it's, it can sound so douchey, but like get really serious about um, having like a real Buddhist practice and going to the Buddhist temple and reading like texts and mm-hmm. really trying to just like be like, well, if I think I'm this kind of person, like I actually do kind of think I'm like a gentle, open soul and I can stop, stop like fighting so much. I'm going to kind of try to get a religion about that because yeah. I'm an agnostic, only cultural Jew. And I, you know, I don't believe in like a male God and. Um, I don't go to synagogue or want to. And um, and when I think about like supplementing my spiritual practice, I'm like, yeah, I would just like to like do the mushrooms and feel that feeling that's just like you're a part of everything and you just don't need to keep trying to like contort and like ch- like change things and force things. And I know I feel better when I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about this shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever, have you ever realized, have you ever been feeling really good and then realized like that the thing that you don't, that you are disagreeing with or you're at odds with is like, it's still happening, you know? And you're like, oh, I just, or like it still could potentially happen. 
Um, you mean you mean like your, your own shortcomings, or you mean like a thing that you fear? A thing you fear. A, th- a thing you fear happening. Okay. Yeah, like you're going to get cancer, or your right. home is going to burst into flames, or your your partner will stop loving you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like those fears could be there all the time. Sometimes I have these moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not that the potential has become less for this disaster to occur. It's just that you're just not connected to it. You stop thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like been one of the most interesting things that I think I've learned in in the last couple of years is like, it's not your responsibility to, to worry like that anymore, Jenny. It's like not... It's not doing anything. Yeah. It's it's not doing anything. I've mentioned this before as like, and it, it, I mean, I still kind of maintain it's not a bad thing to think, but like my, uh, my ex-wife used to have terrible flight anxiety and, mm-hmm. when, you know, and when we, and we, you know, we used to travel a lot before we had kids and it was always a, uh, you know, like it was always an issue and I, you know, and I would say to her, and she was gracious about it. I could see how she could just be like, fuck you about it. But I would say, like, your anxiety doesn't keep the plane in the air. Yeah. Like, like you know, if you can somehow, you know, like, you can't necessarily control everything that goes on with your thoughts and your emotions. But you sure can try. Yeah. Which is, like, I, just, I get very frustrated with people in my lot, you know, like if it's with my kids or something where they're like, you know, like I can't. And it's like, yeah, you can actually, you know, and even if you really, truly can't, you can try, you know, to not be a slave to just your own fucking flowing juices and what, you know, just like, uh, it's so something's hard. wrong. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is that, is that, um, you, you, you can, I actually think like there is a way to like, uh, as they say, like sort of stop the trance, but Mm -hmm. only recently have I figured out how to do that. Like, I'm like, well, what is like my anxiety asking for? Like what, why, what, what alleviates it? What alleviates Mm it? Um, And it, it, uh, for me, I was able to finally say uh, to Ben like a few months ago, what it feels like when I have really bad anxiety and I'm believing something like really bad and scary and mm-hmm. what I need and like what makes it worse. And, um, and it's just hard to figure out all that stuff. And, and I think also that uh, sort of like weird anxiety makes a cycle where like you feel the anxiety and then you do a weird addictive behavior, not like with drugs or drinking or something but like yeah. addictive emotional behavior like for mm-hmm. example you get anxious and then you start a certain type of fight you like yeah. characterize your partner as a certain type of person even if they're not really doing and that sort of thing and then they're like you're crazy <laughs> or yeah, whatever yeah, and yeah, then you're yeah. like don't call me crazy and then the cycle sort of completes in like this sort of spectacular right, right. explosion um, and you've gotten and you've gotten your neuroses has gotten what you wanted yeah exactly yeah. like you've you've been validated that you know you're going to be misunderstood or mistreated and yeah. at least for me like that's usually my fear i'm going to be misunderstood and mistreated and i'm going to be abandoned um and i'm and my my charm is going to wear off and like this person is just going to be like oh my god you know 
Jenny's basically like, she's like basically a farm animal. And I, I've purchased a farm animal, you know, <laughs> like, oh God, you know, now she's just part of my chores or whatever, mm. the maintenance of her. And, um, and that's the sad thing to feel about oneself. But um, yeah. I was able to say to Ben, like, what it is, is like, when I'm, I feel so bad like this, it's like someone put me in a dark shaft, like it's shaft, an elevator mm-hmm. shaft. And I just don't think anyone even knows I'm in here. But if they did know I'm in here, they think I deserve it. And mm. they're annoyed at me that I can't climb vertically out. And what I need you to do is like stick your hand in from the side and say, I know you're in there. I'm out here. It's not a shame or a big deal that you're in there. And I love you so much. Just come come out. Come out yeah. and you'll come right into a hug. Yeah, and like yeah. that's so stupid sounding in a way. <laughs> But it's like, it solves all my problems. Legitimately, yeah. like I, I, uh, I end up with no questions. Like if my, if I'm in the shaft because I have like a trust issue and I'm afraid of something like of there being like an interloper in our relationship or something, these, these fears that I didn't used to have before I got divorced, but then now I have them. Um, if I'm like greeted with gentleness, it just fixes it. That's all I mm-hmm. need. Yeah. But it's hard to figure out, like, well, what do you need to, like, not be afraid of the plane or not be afraid of the this or that? Like, sometimes the fears are just too fucking loud. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's, mm. I mean, and it's always easy for me as someone who's not particularly, I mean, that's not my thing. I don't have, like, anxiety and fear. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have anxiety and I have fear, but it's, that's not, like, the thing that's, you know, for me, it's more sort of depressive mm-hmm. you know, withdrawal kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I, I, uh, uh, it's easy for me to say, <laughs> you know, I don't mean, you know, I'm like, and having kids now, like my son has been, you know, whenever my, my son had a freshman year at college in New York city, he went to Parsons cool. for his freshman year. And he like kids do freshman year. It's hard. Yeah. You're away from home and you kind of come undone. And it was weird to be the voice on the other end of the phone on the phone call of like how miserable and how rudderless and how, you know, worried and how, you know, nothing seems to, you know, like just where you, you're questioning everything so much that nothing's like dropping out of school doesn't seem right. Going to another school doesn't seem right. Coming home sounds off. Like everything yeah. just sounds like shit. And it's interesting to be on the other end of that and have to kind of be like knowing like, oh, yeah, I've been a complete slave to all that fucking bullshit. Totally. And, and you know, it's normal, too. Yes. Like, you just want to be like, oh, God, just but just, that's, do, just go through it. That's not the, that. <laughs> I mean, you can't totally say that. Like, right. Like, because that's, you know, just, just ride it out, kid. You know, that sounds like that. And but then it's also you don't want to say like be Pollyanna and say like, everything's going to be fine, honey. Don't yeah. worry about it. Cause uh, it might not be, I can't lie to you and say 100% it's going to be fine. I say odds are, you know, and I always try and do say like, look at what you've done before. You did great. Yeah. So why would you all of a sudden start not doing great? You know, like why would you all of a sudden be a different person? And like the success that you've enjoyed prior to this, all of a sudden that just is going to evaporate. That's crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's not, you know, it's not scientific or whatever. Yeah. But it's, uh, 
it, it's it's hard to to tell somebody who's in the middle of something you've been in the throes of. Eh, just relax, honey. It's okay. It's all yeah. a lot of it's a lot of noise, and it's a lot of static, and it's a lot of you know a lot of legit pain at times. But it's it's okay, you know. Yeah, you gotta, like, and it doesn't mean to succumb to it. You got to work at it, but it's okay. And the chances that he's like ultimately fucking up or something are just so low. Yeah. You know, like unless unless he's like a bad person, which he isn't, I'm sure. He's not. No. You know? And yeah, and when that's a, you know, that's the other caveat of of parenting is like my kid, I feel like at a certain point I can give him lots of Lots of elbow room because I trust him because there's been a pattern of trust and stuff. Yeah. And that, that's just, that's the way my kid is. So that's, you know, like if I give parenting advice, it's based on that. Whereas there are some people who their kids are like wild stallions. You know, you can't, know. you can't stop them. And it's like, I don't know what I do with that kind of kid. You know, I'm just lucky. What do you do if your kid is, is, is off the walls? I don't know. Yeah. Your parents did fine, but I wasn't. Off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, but that that said, like, you know, I went to college my freshman year. I like got a belly button pierce and nice. started smoking cigarettes and, Whoa. you know, was like, I like dyed my hair and, um, you know, I tried to, I like very, very lightly tested the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And was like a delightful stoner. Like I, yeah, you know, yeah, I've never yeah, yeah. been like a weirdo that like, uh, like barfing where I shouldn't barf or whatever. I've always, I've always barfed into the toilet. Right. Good for you. <laughs> that was on your resume. Yeah. Yeah. Right into the toilet bowl. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you're obvious, you know, you, you are a sensitive person and you know, the, there is anxiety in your life and, um, how does uh, getting on Saturday? How first of all, how does the desire to be on Saturday Night Live, then and then the getting on Saturday Night Live when you're the you know when you're the sort of doe-eyed creature that you are going in, all, in a sentence. <laughs> I mean, the desire is like so classic. You know, like my my dad gave me that. Um, there was like an SNL. It must have been like the first 25 years or the first 30 years or something. It was like a VHS set that they had. And I, uh, he got it and fast forwarded to all the like Gilda Radner stuff and yeah. was like, you're like this. Like, you're you're going to be like this lady. And I was like, oh, yeah, I actually do feel like that lady. And um, I enjoyed it so much and just became a, like obsessed with SNL, just obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. And um, uh but never really went the traditional route to try to get there. Like I didn't go through UCB or um, Second City or Groundlings. I, I've always weirdly kind of done my own thing and not because I'm like so cool, but um, mostly because sometimes things just didn't seem very fun to me. And because um, like prescribed social stuff, like the way that um, UCB was like, like it just felt like this community that, you know, you take the classes and the da da da. I was like just too intimidated by it. I didn't like yeah. that. Um, but maybe also I've always believed in just like other doors that kind of descend from the universe. And um, I was just kind of doing my own thing. And then, and so that made it really, really exciting to get on SNL and that the like way that I got on just seemed like the way that I 
always imagined it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even even that, like I got to audition on the stage and stuff, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, the rest of the experience, like I really was not the right person for that job. I was not emotionally suited for it. And um, yeah, like I just I just wasn't a match. And it it's like it just wasn't good. <laughs> it just wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, but also like probably I talk about like having an important hard thing happen like that was really devastating and embarrassing and um to mess up on the show to get fired and now it just doesn't feel like anything except for something i'm so grateful for um yeah. i'm so glad i didn't work there for a long time yeah but yeah yeah i could i can completely see how that would be because on one hand it's the stalwart institution of comedy and that, you know, it's been so many talented people have come through there mm-hmm. and it's had such an effect of, or such an effect on our culture in so many ways. But then it also is kind of like, oh yeah, it also choose people and spits them out, you know, choose people yeah. up and spits them out. It, like there is that thing too. And, you know, it's, it is. It's it's an interesting, complicated thing that there's not anything else like it, like that show, you know, just in terms of. I yeah. Know, I mean, it maybe, really has. Maybe Sabado Hagante. Maybe that would be it. You know? <laughs> yeah, maybe that would be it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Things do need to change. Like, it, yeah. there, there's a lot of magic in the legacy of SNL and those original performers. And then, and then also, like, so many fucking truly, like, majorly one-of-a-kind people have come through. And they yeah. really have. It's not just that there was, you know, Gilda and Bill Murray and Belushi at the start. It's like Will Ferrell is one of the funniest people who will ever, ever be on Earth. Absolutely. You know, it just, and like, there's just... As is Maya Rudolph, as is Molly Shannon, yeah, as yeah. is Kristen Wiig. Like, um, it's just... That's just, like, the truth. Yeah. Um, and, but... Something about the culture has changed. And from my perspective, it just was like, oh, I wish I knew at the time what I was looking at. And it didn't. Yeah. And now I look yeah. back and I'm like, oh, it's like a frat. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, be tough. Like that kind of like, yeah. it's just like all this sort of, it's just a functioning, it's a belief system that functions and it, it does function to produce the show. But it's just not, it's just not for me. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why I, I was, like, in every way kind of my worst self there, meaning, like, I wasn't really creatively very good. I was, like, socially timid and probably, like, overplaying certain parts of my personality and desperate. And I don't know. It just reminds me a lot of, like, being in a bad romantic relationship. Yeah. When you learn <laughs> and you move on. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, I, I understand why I was attracted to that for sure. Because yeah. it's, like, the thing. Right. But in fact, it didn't really, it didn't try to please me. Right. Your boyfriend, SNL. My my bad boyfriend, SNL. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, from that, you know, you, you've, done, you've kept really busy with a high quality of output, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, think I mean, so there too. are a lot of people that don't. A lot of people are constantly saying, 
Jenny, man, she could have done better. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but now, you, you know, you have written books. Yeah. Uh, you've, you know, made your own movies. You've been an actor in movies. You've done stuff on TV. And I mean, going forward, are you going to keep it kind of varied in that way? Or are you going to try and do, do you think you'll focus on one more than the other? Oh, I think I'll keep it varied. I mean, I think I'm just getting started. Yeah. I think I'm just getting started. I'm I'm 38. I'll, I'll be 39 in the spring. It's taken me a lot of time to just stop trying to be like the next, I don't know, like um, just like girl actress, you know, like I, I just like for a while I was like, I don't know, I just want to be like Emma Stone. Like, I just like want to be an actress in like really good movies and um and I, that like really is not, I don't know, I, for some reason, that's just not how people see me or it's not what I am or I just can't, I don't know how to describe it. But the other night I was watching that um, new David Byrne concert film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, but yeah, something America. or I think it's know. called American Utopia. Yeah. And and I, I was thinking about the people that I like really, really admire creatively. Um, David Byrne is one. Isabella Rossellini is another. Um, uh, I like. I really. I uh, Miranda July, people that are like definitely doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and the fact is like there just isn't one thing for me to do. And when I try to package it up or something or put myself on one path. I just get really sad and I don't like it, but I'd like to keep being a movie actress and our Marcel, the shell film is almost done. Oh, wow. You know, and once that is out in the world, I think it, it's, it just will serve as like a big map for where I should go or where I can go uh, creatively and I just, yeah, I don't know. I just want to keep doing lots of, lots of beautiful things. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Yeah. Is there, I mean, um, which of those roles, like, do you like yourself best in? Like, do you think like, that's the Jenny I want to be more so than the others? Or is that a fair question? Yeah, no, that's a fair question. I mean, the Jenny I want to be is like definitely the person making Marcel the shell. Yeah. Where like I do take up all the space in terms of the creativity. Like, I mean, I mean, like I'm the one character other than, yeah. um, you know, there, there, there's the character, there's one other character in the movie. Um, but like where I can do a complete performance and I can be the, the center of something, which I want to be, which is also why I like stand up and be in ownership of that. Um, but where it's like, nobody else could do this. This is like, I totally made this up, you know, I mean, yeah. with Dean Fleischer camp, obviously, but like, you know, no, nobody else can play this part. And, um, I think, I think that, um, <laughs> I see my, <laughs> my fiance out the window. Um, but I do think, gosh, it's hard to describe. It's just, I just don't care about what I used to care about. Like, yeah. I would love to have, I would love to be the main person in a really good television show on mm-hmm. a, like on HBO, you know, or like a, but like, do I want to, to 
be on like a 22 episode network sitcom. No, I, I really don't. Yeah. Mostly I want to be free. I want to be able to live in Massachusetts and I don't want um, anyone to say that I can't do what I want to do. Yeah. So we'll just like, I like set that down. Yeah. And you know what else? The center of everything for me in the past, I don't know. I would say like since when Trump got elected, I was like, okay, well, this is a, this is like a cultural political death in a way, but I'm going to have to try to set standards within myself and, um, and like when it comes to my work and my life, I think there's like a there's like a really, really sensitive dignity meter that I am very concerned with now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are you eating shit or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? You know if you are. Yeah. Are you being kind or are you not? Yeah. Because you just know when you are or you're not. Yeah. And like that's all that matters to me now is like how do I just stay on the sunny side of that? Um, how do I not feel like I ate shit? <laughs> and I like, stay on the sunny not, side of, of how of to not, not eat, eat shit. shit. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And like, it's so, it's just clears so much up. Yeah. It clears so much up and so much tries to get in the way, but it's all just like, it's just like punted away. Like, you know, when you like try to punt a balloon, And it like has no mass. So it doesn't even go go anywhere. anywhere. Like that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, this thing that was like, seems so big. It's just like a fucking balloon. Yeah. You know, like just, I just like, just like gently moving forward, just like punting stupid shit away. And I just keep doing it. And, and, um, so that's what I want to be doing in my career and my life. And they should be the same. Well, good. (laughs) Well, good luck. Good. Okay. Here's your driver's license. Yeah. Thanks for coming How in. I work this thing though. <laughs> well, it's the three, you know, there's these three questions that I ask and I feel like you answered them all. And I mean, and I feel like I've taken up enough of your time, but well, I been... probably taken up your time. I'm, I'm no. like a big blah, blah, blah person. I, I that's the best kind, uh, <laughs> truly. And we were, well, you were talking before we started recording about how like these, that you get to talk to somebody. That's definitely, there are days for me now. Well, now it's not so much because we're doing the Conan show at Largo, but yeah, there were months where I would wait. I'd be like, oh, today, what is it? Wednesday. Oh, oh, I have a podcast. I get to talk to a person. Yeah. You know, like I get to have a conversation. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, phew, that's, this is so nice. I'm just going to go downstairs and talk to Andy. And it's like, Especially in the pandemic. I mean, sometimes it's like, whoa, what happens today? You know? Yeah, yeah. We have a, a blackboard in our in our kitchen. Actually, here in, I'm in LA now, but in, in Massachusetts, we have one too. And since the beginning of the pandemic or the, like a month into the kind of isolation thing, I started to write the day of the week on the blackboard every day, every morning when I'm making the coffee and I draw a little picture. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just to like remind myself that it, this is the day. I don't it, want to look at my phone. It is really useful because there are days when I'm like, it could be Tuesday, it could be Sunday. I don't fucking know. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, that That's a very unsettling feeling, and uh, I don't like that. So today, yeah. I mean, I don't know when you'll air this, but today um, the picture is about Armistice Day, which is what today oh, is. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should all be wearing poppies. Oh. 
<laughs> All right. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. It's great to see you and talk you too, to you. Andy. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's been really, really delightful, at least for me. I'm glad. It's been, yes, it's been delightful for me too. Good. It's been delightful for me too. All right. Well, um, Thank all of you for uh, listening out there uh, to another episode of The Three Questions. And uh, come back next week and I'll be talking to somebody. Well, not as good as Jenny, but probably not. It's all right. Yeah. They'll be alive. They'll have something to say. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golitsa Hayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.